0: I really want it to be 80s newscaster music.
1: Still is not allied with any sect, denomination, political entity, organization, or institution, does not engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any cause, neither do we. We're not affiliated with al or any other 12-step program. The opinions expressed here are strictly of the person who gave them. Please take what you like and leave the rest. Hi, I'm Corey. Hi, Corey. I am Claire.
0: Hi, Claire. And this,
1: and this is, is
2: Crossock
0: um long Whoa. hiatus long hiatus from recording maybe there were some things minute. that um i don't know were going on in your life that uh you want to get current with that in three minutes <laughs> it's that can talk about why we've all been able <laughs> for so long although obviously you don't um, justify nothing's dispend, changed but i know something's some changed have for me
1: no i'm st- i am still participating in a no, I'm not even going to make jokes about it. Um, <laughs> I It's like my life is like a good country song. I like have a new apartment. I have a new partner. You know, I have a new, everything's great. Um, I also have a, a new setup. So I hope my audio is good today. We'll find out later. Um, what is going on with me, Corey?
0: I don't know, you tell me. Life's
1: fucking great. There's no there's very little drama in my life. Um, you know, my sponsor says like uh acceptance is so non-dramatic. And I really feel that. I've been really feeling that. And um I just went on a vacation. You know, I work for myself, I own my own business, I'm like doing a coaching class for I love that I don't have to be anonymous about certain things if I don't want to because it's on our, I think sometimes it's helpful to, as as in using this um, podcast as as a fellowship to like talk things out. Anyways, I've always, uh, I went to school for directing and I just like didn't give that to myself for a really long time. And I'm doing, like, this coaching stuff around that. And that's going really well and is wonderful. And I, like, have this time and money to invest in my life because I have such a big fucking life. And I'm seeing someone who's just, like, loving and kind and sweet and consistently loving and kind and sweet. Um, and really shows up. And, um, you know, let's see. What else? I'm, like, bidding on projects, like, that are really much bigger than I've ever been before. Lots of financial, uh, stimulus and yeah, I just went to the woods cause I like to do that and just had the best time. I had my sponsor meeting before we're recording this. So like, I'm just like, you know, real sunk in. I've, I have so much recovery. I don't even need to go to meetings anymore basically is mm-hmm. yeah. I'm just so recovered. Um, I don't need to... I'm almost graduated. I'm so is what glad I'm trying that the
0: problem has gone away forever for you.
1: Forever. Forever. It's never... None of the problems are ever coming back, is what I'm saying. And um, I'm going to die soon because I'm so enlightened. Mm. I'm just going to mm. transcend. Yeah. That's, that's... You know, I'm sure more will come out in detail during this episode, but um, <laughs> I literally was going to be like, I'm happy to be here, but I... <laughs> Happy to be here. I'm so glad that we're we're back and uh, shooting to be consistent. So um, I can't wait to hear where you're at. I know nothing's happened for you either.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's just been nothing, nothing, nothing. Um, yeah. I mean, since we've last had this pod, I bought a house, I got engaged, I got a dog. Um, my business finally <laughs> took off that I've been working on for two years. So kind of all the cash and prizes moments which are interesting to follow because i don't so that i don't trust them and we've been sharing about this a lot you and i but you know everything's great everything's just kind of great um I'm dramatic and good and i it's hard to remember sometimes that this came from like nine years of working in this program and so but part of the struggle for me not the struggle because it's no struggle at all is um there's nothing to work. Like I'm not like working all the time on trying to get okay or trying to feel good or trying to feel safe or I don't have to work to do that now. Um, I have to do maintenance and I just feel like I'm inviting a lot of the, the results of my labor, but it's, it's weird not to have a job in this program <clears throat> and it's weird post program for me because of my own, you know, stuff, which we'll talk about today. But um you know this program doesn't have to be three hours of my day every day just to make it Mm. anymore and it did once have to be you know Mm -hmm. i had to go four Mm -hmm. meetings a week i had to fellowship and i had to i got to do all those things but i mean my whole life was this program at one point you know all my friends not all my friends but so much of my social interaction was this program and being of service and with the zoom meetings and there's no in person it's just gotten more distant and at first i thought it would lead to something else i guess i don't know i guess we just assume the whole house will come down if we stop you know working on the yard but um you know there's still gardening to do but it's not mission critical today like today i I think i'm gonna just relax my partner went to chicago and we had a very social weekend and i've done enough program to know i need a lot of recharge time and today's the recharge day and i'm so excited to to do and this is something from program to do whatever i don't know what i'm going to do the rest of my day i don't need to know and i don't need to fill it up immediately i don't need to decide in advance i don't need you know and there's something that comes now where i'm really trying i focus a lot actually on one day at a time in the bookmark um you know a quiet 20 minutes the idea of can you take a quiet 20 minutes to yourself and I've expanded that. Can I take a quiet, like weekend to myself, or a day to myself, where I don't think about work and I don't try to fill it in? And that's been really, really part of my program now. And something you and I have talked about a lot is, um, you know, <laughs> like. What does it look like to be in this program at different stages of the program? What do you need? How? Can, you know, and we were talking in the meeting before. You know, take what you like and leave the rest. And and I think that implies what to what I'm talking about here, or or has relevance here, because I think I thought that the program was only the program if I was working it all day every day, and now it's this subtle behind the scenes thing that's always working, like that. That Mm -hmm. point I just made, you know, those are points that come into my head all the time. Oh, that quiet 20 minutes from the bookmark. I want to invoke that in my day. I don't really think of myself as like having gone to a meeting and had a catharsis to get there, but it's always coming up. I'm always, the slogans come and the the higher power comes and the fellowship comes and there's always something running. It's like running in the background all the time, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. um, it's been interesting because it was such a foreground element and now my life is my foreground and program. It's my background, but it's tricky, right? Because we don't want to, uh, we want to put our po- our higher power and then our program above people, places and things. Um, mm-hmm. but a fellow I called in an outreach call was like, look, my sponsor used to tell me if the options are between having fun or doing program, go have fun. Like every time. <laughs> and I was like, that's an interesting perspective. <laughs> Cause I think as Al-Anons, we think of ourselves as, I mean, I, I can be very self-flagellating and perfectionist and workaholic and all those things, but, um,
1: do you feel like on this journey in in your new growth in the last months, you know you've um, been doing it perfectly, or have you been allowing space to make mistakes? Or
0: well, Claire, I'm glad you asked because um, first of all, I never do it perfectly, nor do I expect to. And all wow, of- I've oh.
1: never hold the presses. Is- I don't think I've ever heard you earnestly I, speak that.
0: I don't expect Out to do it perfectly. Loud. I just wanna do it Whoa. No, I just wanna do it better than everyone else, but not perfectly. <laughs> um and so like, you know, let's let's use language correctly here, Claire. Uh but right, also right. it's our topic for today.
1: What? And I
0: would like to say
1: I had no idea. So I'd like to
0: say it's maybe your first segue. I usually do these these very clumsy segues, and you just nailed it. So I'm really proud of you.
1: Oh, thanks. I've just been critiquing yours in my head since yeah. the beginning, yeah, and always knowing that I had just been waiting for the opportunity yeah. to show you up.
0: Maybe want to reflect <laughs> on that and <in> some personal <laughs> inventory. Um, but our topic for the day is making mistakes, or um
1: do keep doing your best even when you fail correct
0: and yeah. we have yet another <laughs> coincidentally old friend from wednesday night where we met that's right andy that's right. andy's with us today. welcome andy
2: why thank you it's so good to see you guys
0: so good so to great. see you yeah. <laughs>
2: um, oh man uh well, so much you. to catch up on. It's I so know. great to see you guys. I- Such <laughs> you know, a delight. I know. I always want to ask the question, and I wish it was my quote, but somebody said, how's your slow apocalypse going? <laughs> <laughs> well that, we- that phrase has stuck with me. Mine did not go well. I'm a bit envious. I need to start. I need to lead with the tar in my heart. Uh,
0: That's, <laughs> no, I mean, we want to hear how it was bigger, for you. My life
2: fell apart. Nothing went perfectly. <laughs> It was a one giant hot mess. How My would community you is gone. Have... I now live in an abandoned building, basically alone. It's wonderful. I love all of it. I've had such a deep <laughs> opportunity <laughs> to practice all of these things. It's fabulous. I love it. Uh,
0: How would you like your time, Andy, before so Claire knows? Oh, right, right. There we go. Do you want I, me to thought, do I thought we were
1: already in it. I didn't. You <laughs> oh. know, we give you a little breathing room. Uh, yeah. Oh, you're casual. I'm going <laughs> to
0: set a timer however you'd like it.
1: Uh, oh my gosh! Corey's gonna turn today. That's great. I, love I love it. Well, you're two.
0: now recording, so I feel good about it. Okay.
2: Oh, all, all right,
0: Andy. <laughs> Again.
2: Well, hey, good to see you. all. take two. Here we go. What was the topic? Making mistakes. First one up. <laughs> Multiple intros. All right. No. Uh, yeah, no, it's good. It's good. Uh. Whew. You know, here are a couple of things that come up for me. One is I used to think, uh, you know, before I started working on my emotional sobriety, I think one of my key resentments, and I've uh, heard somebody say, consult your resentments. It's informative. Uh, but one of my key resentments was um, not feeling seen, not feeling heard, or when I felt like other people took control of a thing for me, if I was given a commitment or that sort of thing. And the truth is, I detest when it's my turn to speak up and be the center of attention. <laughs> I don't like it. i I have really had to I think a lot of my my recovery and my emotional sobriety is coming from moving out of being in that gray zone. It's so much easier to armchair quarterback and say, well, if I had been the one in the center, it would have gone like this in my own little mental loop. Not that I'd say that outside to anybody else, but when it's my turn to be at bat, wow. And that—that—that that, that is, I believe, our topic, which is making mistakes and making mistakes publicly. Oh, wow. That's the least comfortable thing. I think You gifted me the opportunity to embarrass myself in front of a very large room full of people, Claire, once. I remember that fabulously. And uh, (laughs) it was such an opportunity uh, for me to sit with that and not be taken out of it by that, you know, Uh, in my family of origin mistakes were catastrophic. They were life and death. If you made a mistake, you know, somebody actually really got hurt, you know, or ended up in a hospital or something, something really bad happened. So I took that type of hypervigilance into my adulthood and it is absolutely exhausting. I will, I will share a secret about like one of the areas I struggle the most in, in business is emails. I'm moderately dyslexic. Uh, not terrible, but I'm not going to be a a quantum physicist. That's what I wanted to be when I was a child until I figured out that I wasn't good with the maths. Uh, (laughs) You you don't want me being your accountant. I will at some point invert a couple of numbers. I really will. That's going to happen. You don't want me spell checking your document. I used to feel so much shame and guilt about that because I felt so judged. And now I can just be transparent with it and every interaction that I have, when I, when I need to deal with large stacks of contracts, when I need to deal with anything in my life, I'll just say upfront, you can't dump 50 pages of documentation down on me and expect a turnaround time. If you want that, I need two things. So I've, I've learned to appropriately ask for help from appropriate people. I've learned to be transparent, and that—that that is a gift of working towards emotional sobriety and moving out of shame into comfort with myself and understanding my own gifts. I have things to gift and contribute. They just are not rapidly spell checking a document, and that's okay. There's space in the world for somebody that doesn't have that particular skill set. You know. Uh, so that's a gift to me. Uh, I, I really struggle with emails. You know that used to be a thing, and I very luckily had a sponsor. One of the most helpful, concrete pieces of advice I was ever given was two sentences or less. Hopefully, five words or less. Woo! I think about my communication before my journey towards emotional sobriety and working recovery in a, a variety of ways. I get all sorts of help from all sorts of places. Uh, But I used to write these novels, you know, and I couldn't understand why I never got what I needed or wanted. You know, people were falling asleep by paragraph three and I'd bury the lead down in five, you know, and all of that is managing, manipulating and controlling because it felt so aggressive to me to just say, no, can't be there at three. Like, like, that was, a, like, a, a soul-crushing sentence to me. That felt like the peak of aggression, you know? Which, when I look back on it, it just seems crazy. Uh, and so it's really hard when you're inside of a thing to sort of see the outside. You just can't. A fish doesn't know it's wet, you know? And then once your eyes get opened, like, now I see it everywhere. Uh, and now I see the ways I tried to manage, manipulate, and control Uh Now I don't try to stop other people from making their mistakes. I used to create so much unnecessary tension. And I love that phrase, uh, careful tension is harmful. I thought I was helping. That's the terrible thing. That's the embarrassing thing for me to admit. I was trying to save you from yourself. Save you. I was trying to show you the way, show you the light. Uh, And I just made a mess and tension everywhere I went and I'm able now, you know, it made me a terrible manager. You did not want me being your boss. Whoa, was I the worst boss that I was horrible. Just a wreckage of people that would rather see me dead. I think frankly, you know, <laughs> and I say that with love towards myself, but I remember as well, you know, on jobs when I'd say, you know, who took over for me when I left uh, and they'd say it took, Three people, not one person. It's not one person, three people. They had to hire three people to fill that position. Or I was told by other people who said, like, who's the Andy? And they'd be like, there's no Andy. There are now five people that are the Andy. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so there's a plus and a minus uh, on everything. And if I can kind of seat my stuff at about a six or a seven, then I can be really effective. And that's, that's the question. Like, I've really kind of, except where it's like I made a typo in that email, that's a mistake to me. And I used to view, oh, I used to view showing up as myself as a mistake. I've gotten a lot of clarity around what the word mistake means. I have the right to make mistakes. Uh, you know, I'm not a mistake. You know, who I choose to love is not a mistake. Uh, what lights me up and fills my soul with joy is not a mistake. Uh, watching the sunset, all of these things. You know, I used to you know, if somebody liked chocolate and I liked vanilla, one of us was making a mistake. You know, there wasn't enough room for everybody to just show up as themselves. And so I've really moved my, my thinking to a completely different way of understanding the language and the, the physical words that I use translate to my emotional landscape. You know, I, I truly do believe that before anything is manifest on this plane here in Earth School, as I think of it, uh, it starts as a thought, you know? So there's tremendous power in what I think. And I, before programming my journey to emotional sobriety, used to think that I had no control over what I think. Uh, and I've come to understand that just like learning an instrument, if I practice, I can practice reaching for healthier words in my own mind. That doesn't mean that I don't have a whole palette of not so healthy words and I can take my judgment out of that. It's just, um, it's maybe things that I was more accustomed to using. I had a habit. I had a habit of thinking. Two minutes. Which translated to, thank you, uh, which translated to a habit of speaking. And a habit of speaking translates to a habit of doing a habit of attracting and what I do and attract starts to become the reality in which I live. So a lot of it is just sort of tuning my radio dial to a different station. You know, if I was just blaring death goth music before, I couldn't understand why I was getting a bunch of death rockers showing up to the concert, you know, (laughs) if I'm, (laughs) if I'm, If I'm spewing words of love and compassion towards myself and my own thinking, that becomes manifest in how I interact with other human beings and loving, compassionate people start showing up because they're attracted to those words, you know, but it is an inside job. Uh, And so that's a lot of the gift of this journey. I'm so grateful I get to share this. I I think I, I may be mistaken, but I believe I remember the first time you two met. Yes. (laughs) Yes.
0: <laughs> I think you were there. So I feel there. a little
2: bit like, a, I know, I believe. I feel like a matchmaker a little. It makes me so happy whenever I, I see the two of you together. <laughs> there was a, our first practice session on keeping outside issues, and all of us were like, the heck with it. We don't care. <laughs> and that was fabulous, and I'm very grateful for all the opportunities. Thanks for having me here, guys. Good to see you.
1: Yay. Yay! Oh, what a delightful share, Andy. I couldn't stop taking notes. I mean, I had—I was just like, la da 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 Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> it's a good thing I was muted because I was singing the whole time. But, yeah. <laughs> I'm, tr- I'm trying to keep my cacophonous Jersey laugh to a minimum.
2: But I, re- I realize it's a I, podcast, so maybe it's not a detraction.
1: It's, no, right? I, mean, I do the lean back. I'm I'm like I'm back like back. Ha, 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 ha. I try and lean back no from my mic when I. I when mean, I'm we're here,
0: here for the laugh. We, uh, I definitely yeah. want to find the people who can laugh at this as well as go through it with me. <laughs> Without oh, the yeah, laughter, that, I don't I, know how to get through. <laughs>
2: I used to be Debbie (laughs) Downer. I was a girl who cried 24-7, you know, and I used to get so full of rage at people that Mm -hmm. just seemed happy. And I was like, don't Mm -hmm. you understand what's going on in the world? (gasps) There are people dying, suffering, misery. There's all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, there's that, but there's rainbows too and hummingbirds, you know. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, yes.
0: I wonder if we could... First of all, I want—I love that share. Obviously, I took so many notes as Claire did, and so I'm so, you know, prou- proud of you too. Like, it's sort of kind of stunning, but like watching you grow up in the program too with you? me, like it was like so <laughs> beautiful. <laughs>
2: with love, with love. Exactly. <laughs>
0: um, but like, it's so beautiful, like the watch to watch you grow from that person who really was more emotional to the person who can laugh, Thank which you. is neither good nor bad. Neither one's a mistake, as we learned. But like, it's fascinating when people feel like I, it's, it's lovely to see people being in less pain day to day and that's really beautiful yeah. and and watch- I'm
1: just so happy for you yeah. you're so happy yeah so that's radiating happiness you know like yeah
0: and i can see that's, the way you That's what say. my
1: sponsor teaches me to say is that i'm happy for someone not proud
0: of them Oh yeah well but i'm I also like proud being
1: told that i i
2: like my the pride, sponsor though, uses i'm like- well, proud that's i love right. the word proud i'm I proud use, i'm loud i'm I proud i use it with my sponsors
0: too. too i'm like i'm so proud of you for doing that like yeah. my sponsee yeah. did a list of uh what they're responsible for the other day and i was like i'm so proud of you you know i, I really That's like Ugh, it feels
1: so good yeah. me too i love it when people tell me but, i'm sure. proud of you for that you know it's like thanks because i think i don't see i have such a difficult time seeing my accomplishments which is like i heard a lot of that in your share and you know like you left and They were like, there's no Andy. It took three people Mm -hmm. to, you know, and it's like, it's like, oh, yeah. uh," But you didn't know that. You were just showing up to try and do a perfect job, you know, and it's just like. Exhausting um, for me. Exhausting exhausting for everybody around me. Everybody. Yeah. You know. I wonder
0: um, if there's a mistake in your childhood or in your family of origin that maybe resonates with you as you did this work and explored the concept of mistakes? Is there something you'd want to share with us that feels formative?
2: Oh, there are a lot of formative things. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure. So many formative things. How do I be gentle and kind uh, around that? You know, there is a lot, a lack of gentleness and kindness in Mm. my family. And so that's, that's an area that I, I work towards is, uh, there's a phrase that they say there, there's a one of our readings has a thing about a competition between the wind and the sun and uh, who can get a man to take his blanket off. Mm. And the wind tries to blow it off really hard and the sun just shines and the man warms up and he takes his own blanket off, you know. Uh, and so I tend to be careful. It's interesting because. Oh. You know, uh, to answer the question more directly and not tiptoe around it, yeah, my family was very fond of uh, telling me that, uh, yeah, like a favorite thing is my, one of my mom's favorite bedtime stories, so to speak, is to say things like, your father wanted to abort you. you know?
1: <laughs>
2: so that falls into the mistake category, I think, you know what yeah. I mean? Depends on how you, you look at it. So that, you know, that's a lot of uh, what I call negative programming you know, that you have to do a lot of work Mm. to counter and say, that's not my stuff. I don't need to pick that up. That's not a part of my stuff. And I think so many people, I've heard the phrase, uh, love or the lack thereof is the root of all problems, right? That we experience Mm. And There are a couple of things that Mm. I know to be true. Rage has never solved the problem of rage. I tried it. It Didn't help. Mm. Fear has never solved the problem of fear. Uh, Hatred has never solved the problem of hatred, just doesn't. There's only one solution and that is love and radical inclusivity and I have to put myself in the center of that circle,
0: mm.
2: you know? Uh, and that's that's where I'm at with sort of my recovery where I aspire to be uh, and how I choose to attempt to conduct my own inner monologue uh, and my interactions with people.
0: I think it's really interesting and very common in this program, but I think you really got to the root of it, you know, feeling like you are one is a mistake, like primarily first and foremost, a mistake. I think you said that you said that in your um, chair too, which I really love that, you know, uh, I'm not a mistake, who I choose to love is not a mistake. I think that's um, not to be glossed over, (laughs) like a very primal part of this program of self-love and self-acceptance I hear a lot of that from other people in the rooms that they started with the primary feeling that there was something inherently wrong and, and mistake about them.
2: Yeah. There's something well, there's... wrong with how I feel. There's something wrong with how mm-hmm. I react. You know, if you can't take a joke, if you can't take a hit, if you can't take a, whatever this it is, if you can't mm-hmm. do without X, Y, or Z, mm-hmm. you are somehow in the wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it took me a lot of work to learn, not to seek validation for my own feelings and emotional experience, uh, from an outside source mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. needing to pepper spray that experience on other people. I don't need to explain to you what my experience is because that's also sort of attempting to seek validation from an
1: outside source. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Jade comes to mind, you know, justify, argue, defend, explain. Mm-hmm. And, it, and I think, you know, the acronym is, a can be, it's not like that, that you have to be doing all of them. You know, it's like I could just be in the E of Jade. I can just be in the, the D of Jade. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I, I, I
0: wanted
2: to start this with the uh, home of the awkward pause. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good awkward pause. We, we all forged our friendship in the home of the awkward pause, which I really uh, enjoy. I
0: love the awkward pause.
2: Uh, yeah, And I get, yes. you know, I have, I don't have awkward pauses in my head anymore. That's a
1: that's part of
2: recovery to have not constant chatter. Right. I had constant chatter and now I can sit in mindful enjoyment. <laughs>
1: Yes. In that moment, I was like, what? There was something else I was going to say. And I did have a moment of being like, oh, there's a I was in, I was like, oh, there's a moment of silence right now. That's if that's fine. I was like, that's fine. I think There's something
0: monumental <laughs> about that feeling. I mean, I don't think I ever felt that depth of that. I was inherently a mistake. And I think I have a lot of empathy in the resonance. Of the, if your primary starting point is starting from that, it would it would be a lot. Um, and I just felt like that warranted some some silence <laughs> and some like honoring that that's a long journey to go on if that's the starting point. I think.
1: Can I ask you a question, Corey, mm-hmm. about your childhood? Mm-hmm. Do you feel I understand that 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 specific like direct, maybe verbal uh, expression wasn't used of you know you weren't wanted do was there ever a (laughs) situation did you have a situation in your childhood where maybe you felt like you weren't wanted even though it wasn't verbally said to you
0: Mm, i don't know if not wanted was what what i was working with um not seen and heard for sure um Mm -hmm. not understood uh, I don't know if not wanted. I mean, my I felt very wanted. I don't think that my parents knew how to relate to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, they suffered from the disease of alcoholism. So they were in and out in their own ways and doing their own things. But I think I always felt kind of wanted. Um, in fact, my reaction was more the opposite, maybe, I guess, was my mother would tell me that she only stayed alive for me right? So a different mm-hmm. kind of codependence, for, uh, mm-hmm. maybe. Maybe it's, it's all the same, but it started out more like, no, no, no. You're wanted. In fact, you're the only reason. Whatever. X, Insert X. No pressure. Um, no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> yeah. Jinx. Jinx. <laughs> so I don't know if that's the same thing as mistakes. You know, I was thinking a lot about the topic of mistakes and I've obviously made a ton of mistakes in my life. And, you know, what is a mistake? And I, I love that you said, Andy, you know, I know what a mistake is now and I know how to define it. So I'm curious how you define it and, wh- and what your knowledge of it is now and, and how it might be different from how you first thought a mistake was.
2: Well, for, first off, a mistake, it, it's not catastrophic, you know? It's an oopsie. It's a boo-boo, you know? <laughs> it's a, mm-hmm. Nobody died. <laughs> uh, and, but there was that level of jeopardy attached to... Uh, everything, absolutely everything, like misspelling somebody's name in an email, uh, you know, because of autocorrect or transposing a letter, or I do a lot of double words that, you know, my mind would immediately go to, oh, they think I'm an imbecile. I get fired. That's it. Nobody will ever take me seriously. You can't get, you know, all this, you know, it's that whole, I I die homeless alone under a bridge, you know, a, you
1: know. Why from, is that from... the scenario? It's all like why Everyone's is Everyone's always it? dying it's, under a bridge. All of us, all of us. It's like the same end game. You know? just... Yeah,
2: and nobody knows I died. Nor do they actually care. You know I what I mean? Like nobody what? Knows. No, no, no. <laughs> My uncle yeah. used
0: to say, "I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be living under a bridge." Of course, I own the bridge. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I own the bridge. I love
0: that. I He's like, I'm not poor. I, I may end up living in a bridge, but I own the bridge.
2: <laughs> wow. I love that. There was a thing that came up today about how, you know, I think one of the really freeing things about so much of this is that uh, on the one hand, I am a unique and beautiful flower. And then on the other hand, I am not a unique and beautiful flower. And it's getting the right sizing between that. And I think, honestly, it's just a component of the human experience, frankly. You know, I just think some of us are, you know, I shouldn't speak to everybody. There's a little recovery for it, but I'm I'm fascinated that so many people, at least so many people that I meet on this particular journey, so many fellow travelers, uh, you know, seem, despite the details being very different about their particular unique experience, the same emotional Mm -hmm. symptoms occur. So it's like having a cold. Do you know what I mean? It's like, Oh, I have a runny nose. I'm feeling a little choked up stuffy. My, my emotional sobriety is that way as well. It's a
1: disease. It is a disease. Of course, it has the same symptoms, yeah. right? And the that, disease. It's literally, it's them. literally textbook. It, it l- literally, <laughs> has the same,
0: there's like a list.
1: Like, well, what are my symptoms? Do you qualify for the, the program? It's
0: like, yes, I check these. There, <laughs> everyone has the same one.
2: Everyone has, I you know. It's really weird that, but it's really freeing because mm-hmm. I can do mm-hmm. something about that. I know what to do. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it is. It's the chicken soup for the soul of it all. You know, mm-hmm. I know to to seek you know, I use the acronyms all the time, the hungry, angry, lonely, tired, you know, Mm. I know what to do. I know how to spot it early before I'm in the bottom of a spiral. You know, Uh, my reactions haven't changed, but my reactions to my reactions have changed. So Mm -hmm. when, when the loud guy across the way starts screaming, uh, I will still get that little adrenaline rush that says like something catastrophic is about to happen, yeah. uh, and so that reaction is the same. But I'm able to sort of jump in the car as it's driving away and go, "Excuse me, give me the steering wheel." You know, um, mm-hmm. you know, let's let's go park this someplace safe, <laughs> and I have choices about where to go park. You know, I don't have to stay next yeah. to the thing that's triggering me. Uh, I can walk away from it. I can, I can, I have a lot of choices that I didn't have in the past, and that's that's been freeing. And I'm, I try not to talk too much in platitudes, but some they they work, they help sometimes.
0: When I think, of, yeah, I think, oh please, I'm
1: just gonna say that you know, uh, a lot of times when I start, wow, that was whatever. <clears throat> talk about being imperfect. Um, uh, what I was gonna say was when I lead a meeting, a lot of times I start my lead with um, you know, program didn't save my life. It gave me a life I didn't know I could have, you know, it gave mm. me a life of choice and, and cause I had a life. I mean, like truly I had a life. It existed. I was living and it was fucking hard and painful. And, you know, um, to me, that's really also like for me to acknowledge that in that way also helps with the extremes of our disease, you know, because it's extreme for me to be like, I wasn't, and I do understand that for some, for some, it really is that it, it's, it's literally saved their life. You know, I really understand that. And it's just like, there's so many nuances. And for me to acknowledge, like, I could have, I have the choice to live that way. And I don't choose it anymore, is so important for me to see my choices and then make new choices is so imperative for my growth and just being happy, joyous, and free.
2: And I can be oh. so subtle with it as well. I think that's the thing I like is that I used to be very dramatic in all of my uh you know, these don't have to be big things anymore. Yeah. It's just a small word of compassion for myself. Mm-hmm. You, know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, it's you know, it's that phrase that I hear so many people using, like when I catch myself saying you know uh, i have to go do blah 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 you know it's making that switch i get to i I get get to to. that's a simple one word replacement when i become cognizant of it Mm -hmm. that's not me going out and changing the world or doing anything (laughs) grandiose that's (laughs) me swapping one three-letter word it was the first (laughs) thing
0: i was taught and it's the first thing i teach my sponsors i'm like the very first thing you can do is change could to get or should to get and it's Mm -hmm. so powerful
1: Mm
0: -hmm. um you know, we look at in our program a lot of the thing behind the thing right so i'm curious mm-hmm. what's the mm-hmm. thing behind mistakes when i think about mistakes i think about shame and i feel tons of shame if i make mistakes mm-hmm. um and mm-hmm. shame you know i don't have to have the same primary experience to feel shame so i'm curious are those is that the feeling that comes up for you andy and also claire and and what are the feelings what are the things behind the things that make mistakes so powerful you think um to people like us or to yourself
2: You want me to take it? Yeah, on? take it. You're yeah. the you're I the guest. You're the guest. Trust <laughs> oh, me, I'll speak. Don't worry. Claire rarely. You know, speaks. I think of, <laughs> being able to give voice to what shame is, even like I didn't know what that hot feeling in my stomach was, you know i can i can make it i can get in my body i hear people talk about that a lot but just getting in my body was something really foreign because one of my favorite maladaptive techniques was to to genuinely pop out you know if i got too stressed i would disassociate I'd pop out you know i'd go away like uh, there's uh, a thing about the a lion attacking a gazelle, you know, and life felt that way to me, you know, where you can see on the gazelle, there's a point where it checks out if you watch any nature documentary. Uh, And so life kind of felt that way to me. I was really skilled and practiced at sort of just popping out, checking out. Uh, And now it's staying with that, staying, you know, staying in the emotion. What am I feeling and can I be with it? What am I feeling and can I be with it? Uh, And it's not, it used to feel unsurvivable and catastrophic. Uh, and I would go to extremes to avoid feeling emotion Mm -hmm. specifically, you know, emotion specifically, I would far rather swap out physical pain for emotional pain. And I, Mm I, there was a point in my life where that, that seemed like a great solution, uh, to emotional pain. Uh, I don't have that anymore. I have been freed. I've had a spiritual, um, you know, I used to hear people talk about that, uh, And I didn't, I kind of thought it was BS. I'll be honest. (laughs) You know, I'll be be honest. I thought that was a crack of crap. (laughs) Spiritual awakening. (laughs) Spiritual awakening. But to have something lifted through no doing of my own. Do you know what I mean? You know, I have have had certain things lifted from me. All I've done is do the work. You know, I've shown up. I've learned to take suggestions. I've learned to take contrary action. Getting back to shame specifically why is shame so tricky for me uh there's there's an interesting thing for me uh yeah there's a a component within program it it always fascinates me that we hear a lot of people talk about being molested as a kid we never hear there are a lot of uh, uh parents i you never hear people talking about the shame of that Uh, So for every person that speaks to I had this experience, I I always think to myself, I've never heard anybody share on the flip side of that. And that speaks to the depth of the shame, I think, personally. Mm. And, Mm. you know, and that gives me a lot of compassion. Right, could, I don't know. Could, that well, I don't could. know if
0: I'd have the power to share that. If that was, that's very, right. yeah, it's intense. It's a really interesting
2: point. Yeah, but how do you heal? So I think about like right. you know globally, truth and reconciliation committees and things like this that are, that are happening. Uh, and there are safe spaces. I'm not saying every, you know, they're they're professionals, and I encourage people to use professionals uh, who are yes. trained for certain things. Uh, but I, that's what comes up for me with shame is how how. How many of us have had experience, and I can speak to my own personal experience about uh, having a certain mapping around sexuality that creates tremendous shame. Uh, and also to sort of scrub clean of that is a gift. Uh, it's a true gift to to have uh, sort of a healthier point of view around that sort of stuff. I I think I've. I've heard it share, you know, originally kind of when I came into program, I had been like I was crawling on my stomach through mud. And now, uh, even though, you know, I don't have to go to three or four meetings a day, there was a time for me as well where I did, you know, so it really resonated when you shared that. Uh, Now, I do view this as uh, mental hygiene would be the correct thing. Like, I brush my teeth every day just because I brushed my teeth yesterday doesn't mean I get to slide today. I have to brush my teeth every day. So, I take it as part of my daily responsibility not even to myself anymore i take it as my responsibility towards others mm-hmm. to exercise good mental hygiene the same way i would view showering you know yeah. i wouldn't show up to a room full of people physically stinky i don't want to show up to a room full of people with my mind stinky think, you know so I, yeah i mean I it is thing.
0: we do take it out in our relationships and other people so our our well being I mean i will get i mean that's in our literature you know become irritable and unreasonable without knowing it i mean it happens very quickly um claire i wonder if you have any thoughts around the feelings of the thing behind the thing and what mistakes brings up for you or claire maybe walked away because she had to get literature um but you know i was i and we're going to read literature i just want
2: to express my love towards you briefly
0: (laughs) (laughs) thank you we were gonna we're gonna read some literature and i was looking at literature and in my two readers here my odat and my hope for today i also have courage to change obviously no mistakes no mistakes in the um in the appendix no word mistake
2: there isn't No. just fyi i would say progress not perfection. Yeah. yeah um and that's that's a fabulous thing uh And all of this, I should, I I wonder if it would help to contextualize, but I was gifted early in my recovery by a particular sponsor, something called uh, a bill of rights. Mm -hmm. And that sort of opened my eyes. And one of the things it said is you have a right, you have a right to put yourself first. You have a right to make mistakes. You have a right to be the final judge of your feelings and accept them as legitimate." You have a right to your own opinions and convictions. You have a right to change your mind or decide on a different course of action. You have a right to protest unfair treatment or criticism. You have a right to negotiate for change. You have a right to ask for help or emotional support. You have a right to ignore the advice of others. You have a right to say no. You have a right to be alone, even if others would prefer your company. And you have a right not to take responsibility for someone else's problems. Uh, and other people have the right to ignore all of your rights. <laughs> <laughs> so just because I have it, I need to advocate for myself, right? And a lot of this work is learning to advocate for myself, but I can't advocate if I don't know what I have a right to advocate for. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't know that i had some of these you know so it's like finding out there's a letter in the alphabet that i had no idea existed
1: will you text me a photo of that i would i would
2: be honored to do so oh
1: my gosh i can't wait to add i i honestly i've heard it before but it's never been put into my practice and i'm really excited to add it yeah yeah, And I don't know if
2: it's quite official or anything. It looks like it's been pulled out of somebody's drawer. It was given to me <laughs> by somebody that was a There's long, like coffee stains yeah, on it. Yeah, there is. It's hilarious. There's like photocopy. It's on paper that is so yellowed. It's a photocopy <laughs> of paper that is so yellowed. <laughs> that oh, I- it's beautiful. Yeah. That's, what,
1: I, that's, that's that what I'm our, into. You know that works if it's been worn out. It means it works. Yeah. Um, Claire,
0: we didn't really hear from you, and I know you had – I think you went to get the literature, but, you know, before we move into that about, Mm -hmm. you know, what what mistakes or what's the feeling behind the feeling, what's the thing behind the thing with mistakes for you?
1: Yeah, I'll keep it brief and just say, like, it is the shame. Um, Shame is so fascinating um, to me now because I'm, I'm able to get curious about it because I'm not afraid of it. And I think that for a very long time, shame equals, you know, shame equals, or or like, I'm wrong, you know, shame equals I'm bad. Shame equals um, uh, unlovable. Um, And then it's just, you know, I think... uh, non-related to program at all, just as a human being, you know, it's been said so many times by so many people in so many ways for however many years that we just really want to be loved, you know, um, and give love and receive love in return. And I think that that's true. I think that's, for me anyway, my absolute core being is the desire to love and be loved. And just and share that, and that is godliness to me, you know. And so shame is really, uh, you know, the the opposite of that. And and the thing behind the thing is always like, I'm going to be rejected. I'm going to be ostracized. Like I won't be accepted as I am. And 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 that it is like because I am not alike to this thing so much of that was like, I'm not alike to this thing. So like in the disease of alcoholism, that shows up as me, like doing a thing to try and fit in, to be a part of this group, you know, be it your chosen, your, your given family or how, whatever it is, whatever your Petri dish of growth is. You know, So it was like, um, not being perfect, not doing a thing and like perfection was so skewed anyway it was so fucking weird and skewed anyway it wasn't even like what a textbook version of perfection would be you know it was just like you say a thing wrong and your dad's drunk and then now he's really mad you know like how do I prevent that (laughs) How how do I not do that again because that's terrible you know and like uh I come from a really really s- smart group of people like they are not only you know street smart uh, wise creatively but they're also literally you know ex- extremely smart and um, I have a sibling who's just wildly intelligent and speaks so eloquently and and her vocabulary is vast beyond mountains and valleys beyond mine um and my other sibling also like they're both my other siblings you know a writer and um i am actually a writer but i forget that because i also have dyslexia and it took me a long time to um you know get rid of the shame of that and like make mistakes and i used to get my family would make fun of me a lot for spelling stuff wrong. And like, they'd be like, Oh, did that, was that note from Claire? Cause like, if there was like a typo in it or something, and they were like silly, th- I don't, you know, they weren't trying to be mean to me or anything. They really weren't like, that was just what their behavior was to know was to poke fun but that really was damaging for me for a long time because I thought I was really stupid. And like, I still think (laughs) that sometimes. And then I'm like, wait a minute, I'm really fucking smart. Actually. I'm super smart. I'm, (laughs) and like, I've grown beyond that shame, you know? So it's like, it's interesting. I think that the, the, the counter thing for shame too is, um, you know, is courage or bravery is like allowing yourself to be imperfect. I had a, interesting thing happened. I said it was, this was going to be brief, but I'm just going on and on, but I'll finish with this. And, and then we'll do the reading. And I had this thing happen a couple of weeks ago at work where our budget was off. We're a small company and I don't have an accountant yet. Um, but you know, we're looking for one. So if you're an accountant, I guess message us on Instagram for me. No. Um, but <laughs> so Keeper and accountant. So I'm doing our budget and, you know, I was like, oh, there's a mistake here. And this mistake meant that we were not going to get paid in the way that we initially thought we were going to get paid. And I absolutely had shame around it, that this was in here. And I just immediately did, you know, counteraction and I took it to my business partner who was like, this is fine. And it prompted us to end up honestly, like really reviewing our billing for this project of which there was a lot more we needed to bill for, which I don't think would have happened in the way it did. Had we like not had the fire under our ass of like, you're not getting paid this, this money. You thought you were getting paid all God. Right. Then I'm like, I gotta go back and look at this budget again. Like after we like send this invoice for more money and stuff. And I go back and look at the budget again. And I actually, the mistake I thought I made, I made a different mistake that made it look like, there was this mistake, but there wasn't a mistake at all. And so like just going back and double checking, you know, and like I was so afraid to even double check stuff before because the shame of that mistake was so like such a crushing weight. And so then it turns out we actually were getting paid what we were initially getting paid. So then, and then we're getting that and the extra money now too. So it's just like, Oh, like God just like had it. And like, I got to show up so differently, but like that shame is just like, you know, my business partner would leave me. That was what that shame was. Your business partner's going to leave you. I was like, fuck, he's not. So I'm going to tell him right now. Shame. Yeah. And when, <laughs> I learned shame, to, shame. when I learned to be more transparent about
2: it and to ask for help, when I stopped yes. hiding it, when I stopped hiding it and spoke to people and said, and also allowed people the dignity of making their own choices. Maybe they don't want to assign this particular task to me. And maybe that's good for both of us. Maybe there's somebody that's, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, you don't want me to spell check your document. I'd love to be helpful like that. I could be helpful in a different way. Uh, or I use the buddy system with somebody and I'll say, hey, can you check my work on this? You know, uh, And these are new habits. Somebody taught me to add the phrase with this
1: mm-hmm. to the
2: end of a request for help. Mm. i need your help with this not i need your help in general because i'm so helpless <gasps> You know, <laughs> there's a specific
1: thing that i could use help with
2: uh and that was really freeing for me emotionally
1: yeah yeah i really relate
0: i love that it's actually not a terrible place To end. I mean it feels pretty pretty solid there. Um I love that you read that Bill of Rights. Um that normally we have a reading, but I think you kind of like gave us the best reading we could have had. I wonder if you want to send us a picture of that. We could maybe even put it on our Instagram and
1: Andy sent it to me already, I think. On top of it.
0: Well, I'm really I
1: you know, I will say just as a reference for our reading that because cory you said earlier that you didn't find mistakes in any of the daily readers
0: i didn't find it in these mm-hmm. two
1: well but if you so I, I think that it's not we've looked for mistakes before i know we I have
0: if you have something please read it
1: i'm not gonna read it but i will <laughs> reference it i'd love if you read it right read oh, it oh i got it. k we'll close
0: with this it's perfect <laughs>
1: Okay. Those
0: okay. Okay. Always good. Well,
1: I found something on mistakes in how Alanon works. And is that a Daily Reader? Just checking. No, how oh, Alanon works. Oh, no, it's not in like... the
0: Daily Readers, like I said. Just wondering. Go ahead.
1: No, I was saying that you're right. I didn't make any mistakes. I was saying you were right. You didn't make any. I didn't mistakes make any in mistakes. Any mistakes
0: and I can't believe you even no, assumed you that I could possibly make mistakes. Like,
1: I oh. think you're making a mistake by assuming <laughs> that I <I'm laughs> thought that.
2: I don't like it when mommy and daddy fight. <laughs>
1: You're not the first person that said that on this podcast. Uh,
0: <laughs> hey, it's our podcast. Triggered.
1: I'm we'll I'm fight, triggered. If, we we'll fight if we want to. Um, uh, we have a
0: loving spar.
1: Yeah, I like to slap Corey around a little bit. It's great. Um, okay, so guess what? In How Alanon Works, in the index, we have mistakes. And there's a bunch of pages that you can find things on mistakes on. And I just... 104 looked interesting to me so I went to 104 and lo and behold what's on 104 are 12 traditions and I thought hey that's a great reading because we don't really talk about haven't really talked about the 12 traditions a lot on our on crosstalk that I know of I don't I don't think we have so this is just the introduction to the 12 traditions on page 104 and how Ellen works The 12 Traditions Guidelines for Working, Living, and Growing Together. In an alcoholic environment, it's difficult to know what is expected. Rules are often unspoken but rigidly enforced, and those rules are likely to change at any moment without warning at the whim of the alcoholic. The result is an atmosphere of anxious confusion. We struggle to follow these impossible rules in order to please the alcoholic, or at least to keep the peace. But when we can't keep pace with the sudden, unannounced changes, we fail. Thus, no matter how hard we try, we are always in the wrong and always subjected to criticism. That's why many of us are relieved to learn that no one in Al-Anon is standing over us, rule book in hand, waiting for errors. No one will tell us to leave if we don't work the program correctly, if we say the wrong thing or make the wrong decision, Al-Anon doesn't work that way. The big surprise for most of us is that this non-judgmental approach creates a peaceful, consistent organization. Nobody takes over and tells everyone else what to do. If the Al-Anon message continues to be conveyed, undiluted in meeting after meeting, year after year, all over the world, the 12 traditions make this possible. The traditions are a set of guidelines that hold our program together. They advise us about how to avoid involving others in anything that might interfere with our common interests, and they help us to remain focused on our purpose. They suggest ways to make the group decisions that are in the best interest of all concerned and provide a structure that's based on spiritual principles. They keep the Al-Anon message consistent unaltered by the latest trend in self-help books, therapists, talk shows, or philosophies. Many of us have never learned how to get along harmoniously with others, and we don't know how healthy families operate. We're surprised but grateful to find that these spiritual guidelines can also help in our personal lives. Just as they can provide unity within our meetings, they can help us have healthier, more positive relationships the traditions work so well that the Al Anon program has been there consistently to ease the suffering of families and friends of alcoholics since our beginning in 1951. The traditions are suggestions, not rules. We who have found serenity and a better way of life through recovery in Al Anon turn to the traditions for guidance because we want the opportunity for recovery to continue to be available to us and to those who come after us. We observe the traditions because they work. We refer to this. as obedience obedience to the unenforceable, and our survival as an organization depends on it. Therefore, our individual recovery is intimately bound to the guidance of the 12 traditions as it is to the 12 steps, and it is in our best interest to make them an important part of our lives. It is as if we were shipwrecked on an uninhabitable island and lacked the skills we needed to provide ourselves with food and shelter, if a set of instructions that guaranteed our survival descended from the sky, we would make it a high priority to follow these instructions. Likewise, for those of us whose lives have been torn apart by alcoholism, ensuring our survival as a fellowship by adhering to the 12 traditions is just and critical. I'm not even going to read the 12 traditions. I think that is something that everybody can do if they want to or not want to, but they're a delight... And um I suggest them. Yeah, they're great. And you know what is in there is nothing about doing it perfect and a lot about making mistakes actually. A lot about allowing the space for us to learn and grow um and embrace, you know, the things we want to to improve. You don't know what you want to improve if you don't have space to fuck shit up.
0: Try often, fail often, fail hard. (laughs) Move on. I'm trying to fail more and more. Yeah. Ugh, fear a failure. If you're a failure, is what prevents us from doing things. Not failure, usually. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. Well, this was just lovely. I feel mm. so much mm. shame and mistake, mistake fear. <laughs> And I don't feel like right. our first podcast back was as was as rusty as I was afraid. I was afraid of making mistakes today, you
1: know. Were you? Well, I, did. I was not because I had God. You see, I have God, Corey. I have my mm-hmm. higher power. And I don't know if you've heard about I this haven't. concept of a higher no, power. I don't know. You should check out a meeting. Yeah. And you might hear somebody uh, talk about it.
0: No, I wasn't really afraid, but. <laughs> You never know. It's
1: okay if you were afraid. It's okay. I didn't mean to shame your fear. It's okay. I get afraid too all the time.
0: See what? This is why (laughs) I am the way I am, people. I get the rough rap, but really it's Claire. Well, Andy... I'm I am so glad you could, so much. I get so delighted <laughs> to join the clown car today and be uh, one so with us. Though. And I'm so glad to see you again and th- that you've th- been a part of my program. This one circus
2: I was happy to get a ticket to. <laughs> <laughs> I love
1: you. Right. Guys.
2: Thank
0: you so much. Thank you so much. And Thank
1: you. Thanks for listening and
0: keep coming. Keep back. coming back. It works back. you. Work it, and you're
1: worth it. You're worth it. This podcast is produced by Claire and Corey. Original music by Austin Bunn. Original Crosstalk logo by Jonathan Grant. Thanks to all our listeners, and keep coming back.